Welcome back to the Completely Cricket Podcast for our first episode of 2023. As it is the start of 2023, we're going to be previewing this year in cricket. We have our four favourite cricket events happening this year that cricket fans will look forward to, and we'll discuss them in some detail. If you love the Completely Cricket Podcast and the sport of cricket, please make sure to follow our Instagram account linked below. Without further ado, let's get started. So, um, I'd say, you know, I, I was wondering, you know, considering so the you know, how good of a year we had uh, as as an England uh, fan in the second half of 2022. You know, it, you know the run of our test cricket, we only lost one test out of 10 and, um, you know, winning the T20 World Cup. Do you think that we can p- possibly have a better 2023? Do you think it could get even better than that? Or do you think we've that's sort of the peak of English cricket in, in, the, in the most recent, you know, 10, 20 years? Yeah, it's been a really good 2022 for England, English cricket, you know, winning the T20 World Cup, um, improving their test side a lot with the new basketball, um, the new, the new basketball. And I think 2023, England will, I think England will look to try and keep that consistent. Um, I think sort of maybe they sort of maybe for their T20 side, that might have been maybe the peak. Um, you know, they had 2016 where they uh, got to the final and lost. But I think, you know, the big turnaround since the 2015 World Cup has been huge. I mean, everyone's talked about it. You know, Owen Morgan, the way he led his side um, to 2019, the win. Um, and then, you know, the way Ben Stokes took over from Joe Rui in the Test Arena. Um, and he's completely transformed England. So I think it's been really good work from England so far. Um, but I, th- I think 2023, England will really look forward to the Ashes. Um, because I think at the moment the way they're going, if they can, you know, keep that consistency up for the next um, couple of couple of series that they have, you know, make make some um, make some really good improvements. And I think they they'll, they'll be really good contenders for the Ashes. But yeah, I think I think I would say England um, maybe that could have been their peak. But I think you know they they, they definitely have the ability to keep that consistent, or at least you know they're, they're not going to shy away too far from. Yeah, I think I think that um, in terms of Test cricket, we'll we'll go on to the Ashes in more detail in a bit. But I think England can because it, it's not England. England's team has always been quite talented in terms of you know the the quality of the players. There, it's just that talent's never been you know realised in terms of performances, and only now it uh, you know uh, Ben Stokes and Brendan Cullum, you know as 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 the uh, Head coach and captain uh, being able to actually access all of the talent. That's why England are winning. It's not as if there hasn't been talent. It's just ha- it it hasn't really been tapped into. So I think it's very you know likely England continue that run. In regards to T Twenty World Cup, I think obviously that was a you know something that England would have desperately wanted to win, considering how you know good they are in white ball cricket. And now obviously you've got the ODI World Cup in twenty twenty three, which we'll also be talking about. Uh, you know, it, it, it could go either way. I think it's, you know, it's, it's quite difficult to, not many teams can, you know, win T20 World Cup one year, ODI next. You know, it's it's a different format, different players as well, things like that. It's, you know, it it it's a, it's difficult to, you know, transfer success from one format over to the other in the space of a year. But anyway, um, Zaid, would you like to start us off with our, you know, first event of 2023? Yeah, so the first, I think, big, big event um, that I'm excited for is the IPL. 
in I mean it'll be around April and I think it goes on for around two months every year. So it's a long tournament and obviously there's ten teams now. It was it was it was a good IPL last year. I mean we, we had a discussion uh, I think last year about if we like the ten if we like if we were happy that there's ten teams or not. Um I think we came to the conclusion that we didn't like ten teams but anyway. Um so there's there's been some really it's been a brilliant mini auction recently and there's been some huge buys. I think the, the main one was the biggest buy was Sam Curran. He went to the Punjab Kings for eighteen and a half crore rupees. Uh, I think you know he's he's only twenty four. So would you agree that Avinash uh, that you know his his career seems to be taking good shape now? You know after that um, a good uh, brilliant T uh, Twenty World Cup for him, um, and now he's looking really looking really form. You know in the IPL. And he's also um, got. He's just been the biggest buyer of mini auction. So, would you would you agree that his um, career is looking starting to take some good shape? Yeah. See, I think you know. Honestly, nowadays in the IPL, you don't really know what's a mini auction and a, and a major and one of the big auctions because you know they're play, the you know consistently breaking you know records and things like that. Um, Sam Curran to Punjab Kings, who I think is around one point seven five million. You know. I think, for me, obviously, you know, Sam Curran has had a stellar year in T20 cricket, but like his value is it's just it's always been there. Maybe he hasn't been able to execute, you know, perfectly in the IPL. But you know, at, I think finally now, now he this is overvalue. Honestly, I think this is a bit of an impulse buy because yeah, he, Sam Curran is good, but is he really good? You know, is it is it really worth it? Punjab Kings spending that much money on one player. I don't really know, but I think that Sam Curran, I think his value has been shown more effectively in, by, you know, what, with the 1.75 million buy. And I think, you know, his career, his career, he's always been, you know, a quite special talent because he joined the England, you know, phase quite early. You know, he's playing test cricket 2021, 20, you know, and now he's sort of transferred over to the short ball format, you know, always playing for Surrey. Um yeah, I think I think his career is starting to become more global. I think you know he's getting that proper appeal that he didn't always get. You know, previously he was more of like a you know T Twenty blast in England play. He didn't it wasn't really a star of the IPL. If he has a good IPL, then you know he could easily become you know, a top 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 player. And I think you're right. His career is starting to get some sort of shape. You also um you know there was also another uh, big signing um Cameron Green to uh, Mumbai Indians, uh, another pace bowling all rounder. Um, he was the second biggest signing. Um, what do you think about that, Sage? You know, Cameron Green on short ball formats, he has opened, I think, in T20s. Uh, I think it was a bit of an experiment. But, you know, in general, Cameron Green's been, you know, even on the test phase, he's been, you know, very good because he, he bats as well as he bowls and he bowls with pace. And, you know, what do you think about Cameron Green in that signing? Do you think that will be, um, that there'll be rewards for Mumbai Indians? Yeah, I think there definitely will be. I think a lot of these, a lot of these players. I'm, I'm not sure how old Cameron Green is, but I think a lot of these players, young, uh, upcoming talent. You know, everyone loves upcoming talent these days. That's why Sam Curran was obviously maybe uh, he was the you know a really high, uh, really high stakes. And I think with Cameron Green, yeah, I, I, you're right. I think he 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 bats as well as he bowls, so he does provide that value. He can he can bowl. Uh, four overs if needed. He can also add that batting depth. So I think it will be very uh, rewarding to MI. Um, I think, you know, again, I, I mean, I think you mentioned with Sam Curran, that was quite a high a high price. I mean, is it going to pay off? I think I would question that again with Cameron Green. 
um, you know, is that going to pay off? It's such a high price to pay um, for you know a player that's not hasn't got the most world recognition. I mean, he's, yeah, he's played well for Australia and Test cricket. Um, you know, in, in, I think he plays Big Bash and all that. So he, 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 he's a really good player. But again, I would I would question: is is it going to pay off for Mumbai Indians? You know, is, is it worth to spend that much money? But yeah, I think he he does provide that um, flexibility. I think you know um, he can bowl, he can bat, he can do everything. He's so I think it does provide that flexibility. But again, yeah, I, I think um, is 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 it going to be is is it going to be worth all that money? See, the thing is, is that um, something we've seen in, in the IPL in the last few years, when you've got, there's been a bit of a trend, you know, all-rounders, pace-boarding all-rounders uh, have been, you know, highly valued. If you look at Chris Morris, Sam Curran, uh, Cameron Green, you know, these are three, you know, very good, you know, pace-bowlers who can also bat. And Sam Curran and Cameron Green are, you know, more so because they their batting is better than someone like Chris Morris. But, um, I think that because you know India uh, only have one real pace bowling all rounder who's Hardik Pandya, and he's playing as a captain for Gujarat Titans. You know, other teams realise his worth because it you know provides some sort of depth in the batting order and gives you an extra bowling option. So, and then obviously when they've seen these two do pretty well in the international stage over the year, there's been a lot of teams. You know, nine teams fighting out for two players, and it's just pushed the price up quite high. But you know, if they you know take. I don't know, 20 wickets and score maybe 200 runs, something along the lines of that. And then I think, you know, they'll be proving their worth as, as an all-rounder. Um, let's move on to our second uh, event of the year that um, you guys as cricket fans will look forward to. And that's the World Test Championship final. I think, I feel like last World Test Championship final, I think it was 2021, sort of went by a bit unheard. Like, it, it, it was it was broadcasted, but it wasn't too big of a deal. But... Um, Hopefully not for this year. And I think this year's going to be a bit more interesting because at the moment we've got Australian India in first and second place on the table. Uh, you know, they do percentage points. But then we've got third and uh, close behind in third and fourth is Sri Lanka and England. So, um, yeah, first say, um, you know, Sri Lanka and England are not far behind. Do you think it's, do you think, you know, Sri Lanka or England or, you know, England more likely considering their form. Do you think? Do you think England could sneak in and you know play in the final and even win it? Yeah, I think with England, it's it's going to be really tough just because of their win percentage. Uh, obviously, because of their twenty twenty one end of twenty twenty one with the Ashes, it wasn't good at all. Yeah, I think it will be difficult. They, they definitely can. I'm not sure the exact statistics, but they they, they definitely if if. They, if to qualify, I think they would need to, you know, win ninety, hundred percent of all their games now, which they can do with how how they've gone in twenty twenty two. But I still think, you know, it, it would be really difficult. I think at the moment, um, I mean, I'm not sure of the exact statistics, but at the moment, I think they'll be looking more at the Ashes um, because because they've also because uh, they've kind of just sort of stained their chances to get into the World uh, Championship final. Um, so I think they'll be looking more at the Ashes at the moment. Um, but you know, if they get on a good, really good run, they could qualify. I, I think with Sri Lanka, I mean, they're they're one of those teams that um, you never know because they they won the Asia Cup, but they didn't have the best performance in the T Twenty World Cup. But you know, you never know. They're they're a really a really um, exciting team to watch. You know, lots of these um, smaller teams these days. You know, really exciting to watch Sri Lanka, Afghanistan. You know, 
lot, lots of teams. But I think Sri Lanka have a decent chance. I think at one point they were around second, um, or first, or uh, maybe like second or third. But at the moment, the third, I think. So they're they're you know they're they're, they're falling close behind. But again, they would they would need to have a good run of games to try and you know, get ahead of Australia or India. So I think both these teams have a chance. But you know, you never know. I think England will be looking more at the Ashes at the moment. But Sri Lanka, they 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 they, they are a really exciting team. So you know, they, if they get on a good run, they could qualify. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting if Sri Lanka do qualify. They never they never overtly look like they're going to win anything. Win anything, but they they do have the ability to sneak in and win um, because they can play match winning. You know, they can win tests. They they have the ability to win tests. Um, Next, um, let's just say Australia and India are um, going to be playing each other in the Test Championship final. Who do you think is going to win and why? Considering this is in England, in the Kia, it's going to be played in the Kia Oval. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Australia because I think I would say they have the best bowling attack in the world, um, especially base bowling attack. They've got you know, Pat Cummins, Mitch Stark... I mean, it's just a Josh Hazelwood. I mean, it's just absolutely world class. And then you got spin with Nathan Lyon, who's really good. And then you you'll have other options as well. Maybe, maybe Cameron Green must lost again. You know, the, these sorts of players are really good. And then with batting, you know, they've got uh, like a, a David Warner, or a Marlon Slabashain, or a Steve Smith. So I think they've got all bases covered. I mean, India, I would say. Are really strong as well. I think they've got good batting depth. Um, they've got some. They've got. I mean, Ashwin as a really good spinner. They've got you know Boomer, uh for the pace. Um, so again, they. I think it'll be really a really close encounter. But I think Australia. I would go with Australia just because of their um, really like really good pace bowling attack, which I think is the best in the world. Yeah, in Test cricket as well. You know, obviously. A lot, of, a lot of these teams on the test circuit can bat out and you know drag an innings, and you know when you need to close an innings quickly, you need to have a, a quality bowling attack. And Australia of uh, have, I think, yeah, you're right, the best bowling attack in the world. They can close out innings easily. They can get teams out for under two hundred, and even even under uh, one hundred. Whereas India have a good bowling attack, but I don't, I don't think they can easily, you know, they can, you know, consistently bowl out teams for under 200. I think teams like in England, for example, can push them and, you know, score 300 maybe. Um, but, you know, I think it it would still be close. It would it would still be close. And considering it's, it's in neutral conditions in uh, in uh, Kyo, um, that makes it more interesting as well. Um, that, that'll be, that's looking good though, you know. Um, you know, whoever wins will be the best test team in the world. So, um, you know, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be wrong to expect Australia to win, but India could equally win it as well. I think that's fair. So let's go on to the third topic. Uh, Zaid, would you like to introduce that? Yes, the third one. I mean, we're going in chronological order here. So it's the Ashes in July. Um, you know, uh, I mentioned that a little bit briefly at the beginning. But, you know, the Ashes is something that you know, everyone loves. It's been a thing uh, for many, many, many years now. And it's something that people really enjoy watching. So I think it'll be really exciting this year. Um, I think Australia, I think the, the World Test Championship final will be slightly before this. So if Australia win that, they'll be, um, or at least if they get to the final, they'll be you know in real big confidence to play in the Ashes. But again, with England, 
they will also, you know, at the moment looking uh, with their basketball approach, how they've gone in 2022. So I think they'll also be looking quite strong. Um, yeah, I think, um, it's, it's going to happen in England. So England will be familiar with the conditions. But so will Australia. They've played in England a lot. They would have played in England um, in the World Test Championship final if they play. Um, but England's basketball approach, how do you think, Avinash, it, it will go against Australia, considering, you know, as we just think, we, we think it's the Australia have the best bowling attack in the world. How do you think England's um, attacking, batting approach will work against Australia's bowling attack? That's quite a good question. I think, see, for me, I, I don't, I don't think England fans should expect to see, you know, 657 all out here going at a, a run rate of, you know, seven. Uh, things like that won't happen. Because, firstly, you've got Australia having the best bowling attack in the world. Um, you, you, it's, it, it's in England, so ball will be swinging. Obviously, English batsmen are used to this. But, you know, I, I just think that, you know, you know when, when we saw Ben Stokes versus New Zealand trying to skip down the line, you know, hit Colin de Grand up, if England don't do things like that and keep their minds, you know, controlled, do the, you know, try to score it four and over, you know, do what Ben Duckett, you know, does quite well as an opener. You know, especially, um, you know, he, he'll, you know, take them to score twos, you know, occasional boundary. Um, don't get like dogged out. But I think, I think England could, you know, they will, they will score, they'll look to score quickly and there'll be quite a few freebies, you know, with Australia trying to, Australia will be bowl quite aggressively, which means they'll bowl full. And, um, especially at the start of the innings. And then I think England can score, but I think Australia themselves, you know, they, they don't call it, they don't have a term for it. And they don't like, hasn't revolutionised the team, but it's been part of the team for years. And, you know, primarily due to players like David Warner, they, they, they play quite aggressively, you know, as a batting order. They will look to push ahead. If you look at Australia, they'll start their innings, uh, batting innings at three and over, and then they'll look to score at four or five by the end. So I think England will be met with a match because, you know, they will both have a similar intent in order to, they want to win this, you know, Australia will 100% want to win, especially if they uh, win the World Test Championship beforehand. So I think, you know, I don't think England are going to be able to smash Australia and score at like seven and over, but I think England can and have the ability to score at something around four and over, you know, hitting, you know, taking advantage of most deliveries. Yeah, I think I would completely agree with you. I think both the teams would have a slight match um, because, you know, Australia are going to go hard as well. They're really going to try and attack um, in batting and bowling. They're going to look to... I mean, it might be a different way to England maybe batting because England will obviously... Well, if they do play, as you mentioned, like skipping down the wicket and trying to hit Colin de Grunholm over the top or something, you know, that that would be a bit risky. Um, I don't think Australia really going to do that much. Um, England will, I mean, I would think that they should avoid doing that a bit. But I think the real way, if England want to really use that basketball approach, it could be to, I think, if they watch, you know, play out the first, uh, each bowler, just play them out for a few overs and then, you know, decide if there's one bowler that they could attack. And then, you know, if Ed so feels like he could go for that, skipping down the wicket or any anything attacking. So I think, you know, it, it, it it's going to be really... I think it's going to be a really tight contest, but you know, England's basketball project could work. Um, but you know they would have to be a little bit more careful um, because you can't just always be trying to ramp someone or skipping down the wicket. And you know, especially against Australia, they're not really going to let you do that. So I, I think I think um, it's, it's going to be a really tight uh, thing to, to look at. But I think the another thing I wanted to look at was um, in, in, for, for England was England's sort of makeup of their team. 
for example, you know, you have, you have Rahan Ahmed. Would he play? I mean, it's a really difficult thing because you've got if you if you it's really I, I doubt they're really going to go with two spinners. I mean, they could if they really think the condition is going to go that way. But you know, Rahan Ahmed, he's had a brilliant start to Test cricket, cricket in um, Pakistan in the last Test. Um, and you know, he, I think, how, how important do you think the next a couple of series, and if he plays, the next couple of series will be for him because he will obviously want to showcase what he can do and you know try and break into that Test Test squad, Test eleven for the Ashes. So, how how important do you think the next few um, matches will be for him? See, I think England have made it clear with their stance. They're not going to force him to do play every, be in every series, even if he's good enough to. They want to like give him exposure to all, you know, they're, they're letting him play in different T20 leagues. They're making sure he's got a, you know, because the reality is, is if I'm a selector, I'm not going to select Ryan Ahmed for any of the Ashes tests because this is England. You know, the conditions will swing. We want to get our best pace bowlers in. You know, we want to have one spinner potentially as Jack Leach, you know, because he'll still be able to spin it. But in order for the leg spinner to play, I'm not really sure there's a worth in playing a leg spinner unless it spins a lot because then otherwise you can have them if you want to occupy overs. But apart from that, I don't think it's useful. So, you know, the selectors themselves have said, you know, they're just, they're not going to play Ryan Armand for every series. They're, they're, they didn't include him in the New Zealand series because they wanted to play in uh, T20 League and the UAE, I think. So I don't expect him to be playing much in, in the test cricket, but when the opportunity comes, he will be given it. And um, yeah, I would not put him in my Ashes, uh, Ashes 11 or even my Ashes squad, actually. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. I think you know, he really. Um, I think England will be really careful with how how they use or how they play Rahul Ahmed. They won't play him obviously in every match, every series. I think they will play him around the world, as you said. You know, get game, get get game more experience. You're playing T Twenty leagues. Uh, keep playing in England in the county championship and uh, the Vitality Blast and everything. You know, keep him playing, and then you know maybe drop him in every now and again in the. Test squad, but yeah, I, I would agree. And you know, maybe, maybe not in the, um, maybe not in the Ashes, um, not in the moment. Maybe the you know, next couple of years he might break in. Um, I mean, I think I think that's really all um, for the Ashes. I mean, do you want to go on to the next topic? Anyway, um, I think yeah, I think I think you're, I think you're right. I think that you know, yeah, I, I think. Ray and Ahmed, he's good, but you know you've got to play a ball according to to their you know to the conditions that suit them. You know we can't just play a ball for the sake of it. Anyway, let's move on to our last you know event of this year, which will be uh, the ODI World Cup in October 2023. So as you know, uh, as you as you probably will know, um, England did win the 2019 World Cup in pretty extraordinary fashion, and you know they became the top of the uh, of ODI cricket. Um, recently, though, they've been ranked second, and New Zealand have been ranked first. You know, Zaid, in your mind, you know, looking at re- recent form and just in general, who do you think are the you know three favourites to to um, win to win this World Cup? Yeah, I think it's really difficult. I think I think England will be one of them for me. Um, just you know, because they they've just the turnaround that they've had since 2015 has been massive. They've just won the. Um, the T Twenty World Cup. They just won the um, well a couple of years last four years ago. They won the two thousand nineteen World Cup. So I think they'll definitely be one of my picks. Maybe not the top pick, 
Um, I think the other two picks I'll probably go with one of them would be New Zealand, I think, because New Zealand are a team that um, they're, they're really interesting to talk about because you never know with them. I mean, they're, they're such a good team. Um, they they will always put up a huge fight and they'll always make it somewhere, but they just never seem to be able to get it into that, you know, they, they never seem to be able to just win the whole thing. Like, I, I can't remember how many times they might have got to the semi-final or they made it, like, you know, past the group stages. Well, they've been made to the final, but they just can't convert that into you know, a win and celebrate and all that. I think they'll be one of my picks um, because you know they're they're just so good at making it through all, all the group stages and making it to the semi-finals. I think they'll definitely make the semi-finals this year. Um, but you know, it, it'll be interesting if they can actually convert that into a win. I think my third team would be I'll go with Australia. I think Australia are really, again, a really, really good team. Um, coming in, they're the be- I think they're the best bowling attack in the world, uh, even in ODI cricket, because they've got so, so such good bowlers and then such good batters. So those would be my three picks for the um, uh, ODI World Cup. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I think your picks uh, are right. I think Australia, for me, England have a chance to retain the World Cup, but just considering they won the T20 World Cup, you know, players... I think they can still win it, but I, I'm maybe their bowling attack depends on who you know comes back to form. Players like Joffrey Archer, um, you know, if if they can actually play, they've got England. They've got a lot of injuries in terms of um, uh, bowling in, in the in the white ball teams. They've got they had a quite a long injury list, but some of these guys will come back. Um, and obviously, it's in October, and then I think Australia are just consistently always very good, and they have a very good chance of winning it. New Zealand, I think this is their last real chance to win something because. I'm feeling they haven't. We haven't seen too many young players come through for New Zealand as we have with other teams. And New Zealand, being quite a small country, have a, l- a less you know squad depth. They have players like Lockie Ferguson, Finn Allen. Um, but then you know it, maybe it's it can be worrying to see. You know, there's no one as world class as someone like you know. Not, it's hard to say Kane Williamson because you know he's a once in a generation player, but. Um, or no, more than that, you know, once an era player. But um, yeah, so I don't think they're, they're struggling. They might struggle with you know, depth over the next few years. So maybe this is their last chance to really push through and win something. So yeah, that's our four um, favourite uh, cricket events that will be happening this year. Um, you know, these are four uh, events that you most likely look forward to. And and um, all four are going to be, you know, very instrumental. You know, for me, I think, you know, I think the IPL is looking quite exciting. It's nice to see some England players, you know, getting big contracts and uh you know i think um it will be it was going to be a very competitive ipl so um that'll be good to watch but yeah that's the end of this episode thank you very much zade and we'll see you on the next episode